Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for home theater geeks is provided by Cashfly at C A C H E F L Y dot com. This is Home Theater Geeks with Scott Wilkinson, recorded April 11th, 2011. Episode 61, live from NAB. This episode of Home Theater Geeks is brought to you by Netflix. Watch thousands of TV episodes and movies streamed to your PC, Mac, or TV instantly. Plus, get DVDs and Blu-rays by mail in about one business day. For your free 30-day trial, go to netflix.com slash twit. It's time for Home Theater Geeks. Yes, Leo Laporte with Scott Wilkinson for a change. We're uh, live from the show floor of the NAB show, the National Association of Broadcasters show in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, what better place to take a look at the kind of the, the, the cutting edge of technology? Absolutely. What we see here for broadcasters will trickle its way down into consumer products at some point. This is something Panasonic's been showing for years at CES, and I wish they would just bring this darn thing out. We're standing in front of my favorite thing in all of CES, a 4K display. And, and at, I believe, 152-inch uh, diagonal it's size. It's really big. Is this a plasma, an LCD? It's a plasma, I'm sure. Okay. But we're going to have a, we have a guest to, to join us here. Okay. The uh, CTO, the uh, Chief Technical Officer of Panasonic wow. US. Wow. Uh, fairly big wig, as it were. Uh, SK Tsuyuzaki. Here, here he is. is. Let's bring him in. Hey, SK. Nice to see you again. Thank you so much for, joining, for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Leo. Nice to meet yeah, you. Hello, Pleased nice to meet you. Thanks nice for joining us. Oh, not at all. So uh, here we are at NAB. We're standing in front of this. Uh, this is the 152, right? Nice, isn't it? <laughs> Very nice. Yep. Uh, Do you have one of these in your home? Uh, well. <laughs> 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 anyway, you have to you have to probably build a house around this thing, don't you? Some people have actually done that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I've heard. Yeah. So I've heard. But before you said, could I just tell? Well, thank all the, your audience, the the uh, outreach, the the warm uh, words that uh, we have received as a company from all our folks in Japan. Um, pretty much everyone is safe. Uh, families, some of them are affected. The factories are somewhat affected. Uh, but we will pull this food together. But I just want to thank everyone for their uh, warm outreach and their contribution as well. We really do thank you for that. Thank you very much for saying so. I was going to ask you about that. I had heard that Panasonic fared reasonably well. You know. Reasonably well. I think the, one, the, the areas that are somewhat effective are optical uh, lenses and things like that for digital store cameras, uh, some parts that might go into an, uh, an Apple Play or something like that. So there's, the, there's always an impact and there has a ripple of flag, but I think we'll get through this. Yeah. Excellent. And there were no serious uh, injuries? Uh, for employers, as far as I know, I think there's only one that's uh, uh, not accounted for, mm-hmm. but essentially pretty much everyone was safe. So that's, yeah. that's excellent. That's excellent. So uh, it didn't, uh, didn't uh, prevent you from coming here to uh, NAB? No, I just got in from Europe, actually. <laughs> yeah. And boy, your arm's tired, huh? <laughs> no, Europe was for uh, Cannes, for MIP, the television show. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting because I just came in from a, a television content conference straight into a, co- a kind of a hardware conference. And, uh, well, the buzz in 3D is actually quite positive. I was really, really very encouraged with that. So, Well, this 3D, of course, is a huge uh, topic here at NAB and throughout the entire media world. Yeah. Uh, and Panasonic has been leading the way with... Um, Full, full HD quality, 3D 
plasmas for some time now. Is this thing behind us? Uh, is that 3D? That is, well, not, uh, not at the moment. No, but it can have a 3D functionality. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are uh, 3D professional displays right behind us yeah, here. So, so the pros have to look at 3D just as much as a, uh, we do, consumers. Well, absolutely. Well, let me go back to the uh, content side of things because what I saw there, and it's really encouraging to see that. Uh, 61 programmers came out. There was only like 11 programmers last year that were trying to actively go out and buy 3D. Now you have so many people coming out and said, okay, we've got to get into it, we've got to figure it out. Uh, major channels that I probably shouldn't say, but the ones you, you know, the ones on basic cable, you name them and I will probably nod my head. And uh, they're the ones that will have to figure out how to do a 3D blog. And uh, we as a company, uh, not only do we make consumer, we have to be, uh, we make the professional things as well. And so we have to make the tools available for them. And now the interesting is the business model makes sense to do 3D. So that's the uh, change as it were. It's more the same for me. But uh, the one headline is we're moving at a probably a three times multiple of HD ramp up. So it is wow. moving to, uh, very quickly. I've been a skeptic about 3D. I, I just, I you don't. You should. It's okay. Right. It's okay. It's that's okay. You allow that? No, that, that, that's absolutely. <laughs> I fine. look at something like yeah. 4K and I say, I wish Panasonic would move forward with uh, 4K, higher frame rates, as James Cameron was talking about. Yep. More vivid, realistic 2D to me is as good as 3D, if not better. Well, you know, it's like um, how do you tell a story? So there's a great way of setting 2D. There's a great way of setting 3D. It's like you want to use watercolors. You want to use color. You know, the way that we looked at 3D and uh, you look, you should look at something like CBS and what they did with the USCA last year and they got a, an Emmy for it because it was the only program that showed 3D in a, right. in a totally different television form. Right. And um, I, I think it's just a totally different experience. And it's for event program and if you like it, you know, it's right. available. The, the, big, uh, well, the big story should be that uh, there's a lot more available now. And uh, you, know, you can only hope for uh, better events to come. Are you doing 3D cameras as well? Uh, we have, we had, um, we have actually have a, a, a 3D camera that's been on the market for quite some time now. And uh, at NAB, if I'm not misquoting, we are introducing, uh, showcasing a, a bigger brother version of that uh, 3D. Um, what I call a Wally cam, but I'll probably get a. Suit. It looks like Wally. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> Wally cam. I mean, that's the best way to describe it. it it's a, a much larger, but it's based upon the P2 format, which is what everyone wanted. And said, okay, we'll figure that out. Uh, bigger lenses, zoom lenses, we wanted that. So that is, uh, we're showcasing that as well as a lot of peripheral kind of equipment as well. So this is for the pro. This is for the pro. Absolutely. Now you also this have a, the, the smaller show. one that yeah. that was that has been introduced already yep. for in the on the ballpark order of like twenty thousand dollars, which isn't very much for a, a camera that you could shoot pro with. Yeah. Uh, you might all, almost call it prosumer, right? Well, the twenty thousand is the one that we introduced in September last year. Yeah. yeah? So that has been used for uh, prosumer. That's been used in the wedding market. That's been used in the medical market. That's been been used in graphics uh, for military applications. Uh, a lot of applications have been coming around. They've been wanted to using it, and um, and it has been used in, in television production as well. Mm -hmm. So you know. One of the things that I'm interested in at this show is how professional products. Yeah make their way to consumers. Right. I know that you guys make a lot of broadcast monitors. How, are, how is that going to end up becoming a consumer display? Well, there is a, a, a correlation, of course, because when you have the people in Hollywood or in broadcast really criticizing what the color should be, 
and how it's displayed. Uh, you get that feedback and we put that into a consumer plasma TV. So I think uh, that experience for me personally, I mean, I've learned a lot from uh, our keynote speaker this morning. Names shall remain nameless, but uh, <laughs> yeah. the big man who did Avatar. Yeah. So, you know, you learn a lot from that and, and you take that engineering design and you try to replicate it in the consumer experience. And we're the only ones that has a setting that you can watch Avatar in the way it was, that he intended. Right, so you know, all that. How is how is that exactly? So um, there was a three D, three D. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, three D. But there, was, if you go to a blog site, um, there is certain his um, parameters that he has adjusted, which is um, you know the avatar kind of uh, setting, as it were. <laughs> the avatar preset. Have you got a preset of picture mode called avatar? Well, it's not named avatar, but there is an avatar Interesting. preset. Interesting. So I mean, it's the way that he. I mean, essentially, it's like this. It's. We are just an enabler, and it's like for the for the uh, for the directors to really tell their story in the way they wanted two D, three D, or otherwise. And uh, we try to make that as accurate as possible, and we make we replicate that from the professional environment all the way down to consumer. That's why four HD to me is not a matter of religion, but it, it, it's a it's a fact. I mean, you have to stand for quality. And you have to try and bring that into the home. So if I can have my little moment on my soapbox. That's what I was about to ask you. I think I think it's coming. I don't like passive. And I don't like conversion. No, no, two, two for the price of one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, obviously we are starting to see passive glasses from other companies. Uh, because they're cheaper and they're lighter, yeah. the glasses. Yeah. Uh, but, but why well, would you? Well, be, well, uh, and certainly I, I assume that your response to that would be, well, you're only getting half of the horizontal resolution less, per eye. Less than NTSC, both eyes. <laughs> now, you, you, you expect and you create a benchmark for quality. Why compromise and go down? Well, for cost so you're, reasons. You're, you're for saying the passive uh, displays, the passive glasses don't give you the same quality. Absolutely not. They're darker, half and half. So it, it's probably no. They're actually like they're actually lighter. They, they they let more light through, if I'm not mistaken, than active glasses. That's not true. No, 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 no. So well, just, let's he's just, talking about resolution. Let's though. Talk about resolution because that's probably an easier number in terms of numerical. It is half of half, and so it's less than NTSC. So instead of a thousand eighty, instead of a thousand eighty lines, it's five forty lines right. per eye. Each line alternates whether it's uh, right or left. Last so, time I looked, that's not high definition. <laughs> so effectively, you're doing 4K displays in these three, 3D displays because well, you have two 1080p screens. Well, it's more like a, a 2K display, and you're, and you're firing it in uh, le both left and right. Uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's how that works. But each eye is alternated, but you're seeing full 1920 by 1080 in each eye. In each eye. Got it. Why compromise in quality? Yeah. Do you expect glasses to come down in price? Uh, Samsung just announced $50 active glasses. Well, I'm not in sales and marketing. That's, uh, that's, uh, I leave that to someone else. They'll, they'll figure that out. But, I mean, it's got lighter. So we've taken the, the, the comments from the first generation, and we made it lighter. We made it so that the batteries are, are, are self-perpetuating in terms of uh, you can actually you, you don't have to put a battery physically inside of it. It's rechargeable. So you know, we're, we're improving upon the experience. Let me ask you about television technology yeah. itself. There were so many different competing technologies. We heard about SED, and, and, and it's really kind of come down to LCD and plasma. And, and of course, uh, Panasonic is famous for its plasmas. Uh, we made it, both. You do both, I understand. Both, yeah, but yeah. you got the Viera, and yeah. everybody loves it. Uh, do you see that as the end of the line? Are we going to see new display technologies? Are we going to see OLED? Well, I think for the foreseeable future, you have a plasma and LCD, sometimes known as LED, uh, in this environment. It's really a matter of getting the right kind of applications for the right kind of cost. 
price, price of uh, televisions have come down by an aggressive amount for the last few years, and uh, you need new applications to drive the business. And uh, we think it's 3D and IPTV. You're actually getting both in the same box uh, when you actually buy these things. And um, I think that's going to be, for the foreseeable future, the way it's going to be. So these technologies are mature. Yeah. Now we can look at other things. Yeah. yeah. It's more about applications. And for, for the next five, well, probably, as I said before to you, in my working lifetime, it's probably going to be 3D and IPTV. Those are the two big, big fundamental um, experiences that I think the consumer is going to get. Mm-hmm. for the next 10 years. 3D and IPTV. Yeah, absolutely. We're, of course, very interested in IPTV as an IP television station. Which, Let's, in fact, we're broadcasting on right now. Yeah, we're, we're we, live we've got uh, right now. to figure out how you can stream it directly into our TV then. Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and, I, and I've, of course, seen uh, the array of applications you're offering. Is it your own platform that you're offering on the Vieras? Um, yes. Yeah. Netflix, uh, all of the... So, I mean, it's, it's a, essentially a bunch of VOD channels. You have a lot of the, uh, things there. Um, you have um, the difficulty, I think, in terms of legislation will be the linear TV channels because there's a, a couple of lawsuits going on in the world about uh, is it the content networks or is it the MSOs that actually have the power to do this and can stream it uh, not only to a television but also to a tablet. So we'll see how that revolves. But also, You're talking about the Viacom uh, yeah. debate with uh, Time Warner. Uh, the yeah. discussion that they're having, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, but apart from all that good stuff, there's um, things like home security. There's things like you can connect it to a smart grid. These things are probably coming in the next few years very quickly now. I can see that happening. Skype, of course. Skype, yes. So that's another communication device. And we thought that uh, if the world is concerned about uh, well-being and healthcare then we should also make a lot of things available. And uh, that's what we announced at CES that uh, you are there for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Now, um, pardon me if this is a little sensitive, but I know that Panasonic acquired much of the intellectual property and even quite a few of the engineers from Pioneer right. with their Kuro TVs. Right. And uh, those really achieved the best in black level that we've seen out of anything, really, except CRT. Uh, is there? Can you say anything about how that technology is migrating into Panasonic products? No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to give it all away. But, but essentially, I mean, uh, most of the engineers, as I understand, came, came to work for Panasonic because sure. of what they have. So right. time will tell. <laughs> Maybe next CES we'll see something. We'll see something, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm not going to bring in everything all at once. Of course, of course. Very good. Well, do um, you have any other questions? I don't. I think this is, a, okay. I, again, 4K. I'm loving it. you think we'll ever see this in a consumer application? We could. It really depends on if there is a, a demand for, for, for the technology. I demand it. Uh, well, <laughs> demand for the content as well because, I mean, uh, if... That is te- a problem. Televisions right now are, for, as a practical matter... 60, 65, 80 inches, and, and that's the way it's trending At to be. At the most. If it becomes something like a, a, like the size of your wall, like this, mm-hmm. then, Telepresence. then yeah. you're going to need yeah. something like 4,000 lines of resolution. Uh, but I think it will come in the professional side of things first. As, as in HD, we saw that in design, we saw that in different things. You're seeing the same kind of thing for 3D as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're gonna, you, if, if you have the way you want it, you're going to see that in 4K and then OLED beyond that as well. Are you doing 4K cameras at this point? We're looking into many things, yeah. But sir, of course, 4K doesn't really make a lot of sense on a 50-inch plasma. You're not going to see the difference there. And then there's the issue of okay, getting... That's your point of view. Okay. Oh, well, okay. Well, if, do, you, do you think on, you can see the difference on a 50-inch display at a normal seating distance? Come back in a couple of years. 
Okay. Now that's what I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> now you're talking. All right. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah. SK, thank you so much. Take really appreciate it. All right. All right. Thank you. We're going to move on. Take care. You can. Okay. Thank right. you. But now, unfortunately, you can't really see how great this is. But it's it's four thousand ninety six across, two thousand one hundred sixty top to bottom. Right. You said one hundred fifty inch. One hundred fifty two inch. One hundred fifty two inch what panel. What we just saw there was four full HD on one screen. On so that gives screen. you. An, that's why they call it four K because right. it's essentially four times. Four times nineteen twenty by yeah. ten eighty. Yeah. And here we see there's another one of of uh, four. 1920 I'll tell you, by it doesn't communicate with the stills as much as it does when you see video. It yeah. feels like you're looking out a window at it. Yeah, but I was exactly encouraged right. that he said, "Come back, come in, back a in a couple of years." years. I thought that was very encouraging. Yeah. yeah. So where's next? Uh, JVC, right across the street. One gear, one piece of gear that we're so happy to have, and we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing right now without, of course, is the Live U backpack. That's what Brent Bai, our camera operator, is wearing. He's a very strong, beefy fellow because that. <laughs> He's got to carry the camera and the backpack. But, you know, it's kind of amazing. Really, it's essentially a PC with uh, slots, I think 12 slots. I don't know. How are we going to get a shot of that? There it is. 12, 12 slots for 3G cards. And we're using 3G to stream out of the convention center and get back to you. This is the new HD version of the Live View. And I, I, I tell you, the picture that we're getting is amazing. Really great. When you watch even the, the uh, broadcast from... Our booth at NAB, that's streaming via Live View back to our facility in Northern California and there to you. So, I mean, high-def quality over 3G, it's kind of mind-boggling. It is. It's mind-boggling. So next stop on the Home Theater Geeks on Tour. The home Theater Geeks Tour of NAB <laughs> is by the slice. No, it's JVC. <laughs> JVC, and I'm going to go find our contact. So uh, While you, you go find our bit. contact, I'm going to show them one of the things that you see at these booths is the setups so that people can try the cameras on a very colorful, very detailed, real-world uh, situation. What they're showing here is their 3D cameras, and uh, they have a 3D display. There's the set there, and you see how brightly lit it is and, and colorful, and they've actually got a live model on there doing some knitting. And, uh, and then, of course, the, uh, the broadcasters come over and try the cameras. We've been using JVC camcorders actually on our set. I don't know if you noticed. Those are fairly inexpensive $2,000 uh, HD JVC kind of prosumer grade. And I think the quality is, is just fantastic. We've been very, very happy with them. Um, these are their 3D camcorders. These are consumer 3D camcorders. Um, and as you can see, they have a 3D display here so people can try it out and uh, put on the glasses. And then, of course, the camcorder is small. They're saying HD handheld 3D camcorder. They're getting two, uh, two uh, I guess, two images in there. Should I try them on? Let's see what it looks like. This is a passive uh, display. That's interesting. Wow, she just jumps right out at me. One of the things I always notice immediately when I look at a 3D uh, display is the loss of resolution. What it was it's exactly what SK was talking about in the Panasonic booth. What happens immediately is you go from a 1080p to a 540p, and I can see the lines and the interlacing. But it is 3D. She's getting quite a bit of knitting done, actually. Do you want to try it? See if you can look through there. What does that look like? Pretty amazing, huh? Technology. Not a thing, huh? <laughs> That's because you only have one eye. And people, I should tell you, people with one eye, you don't get 3D. All right, so 
It's interesting, you know, one of the things I, uh, I was uh, telling Eileen as we were walking over here is, it feels like CES, it has the same kinds of booths, same kinds of companies, but they're just showing something kind of different. They're not showing the, for the most part, the consumer grade stuff, they're showing the professional uh, stuff. Although in this case, this is a consumer grade uh, camcorder. And, you know, new media is here, it's very interesting. You see, in the past you'd have seen uh, only the big cameras and the, and the network boys, and there's quite a few new media people doing exactly what we're doing. Well, not exactly. I think we're the only ones actually streaming this live as, as you watch. Let me stand over here. Look at this. This is so cool. One of the things these companies are making is robotic cameras, and so um, these are the robotic joystick controls. This camera doesn't seem to be on, unfortunately, but it is so cool. Uh, did you? I'd love to have one of these. We were looking at PTZ cameras. That's what these are called, pan, tilt, zoom cameras. I don't, I don't think they're uh, actually on because I don't see anything coming out. Hey, as long as we're taking a break, let me mention our friends at Netflix and uh, invite you, if you're not a Netflix subscriber, to go to netflix.com slash twit to try it free for 30 days. Netflix, the amazing uh, video-by-mail system. You know about it. Blu-ray and regular DVD discs in as little as one business day. I'm a big Netflix fan. I have been since they, the day they started, practically. Uh, in fact, I have the five-disc-a-month subscription. But i got to tell you, I am turned on most by this new Netflix streaming. $7.99 a month for the streaming-only subscription. Tens of thousands of movies. Uh, practically every night, I'm watching a streaming movie on Netflix. And the quality is fantastic. I watch them on my big 55-inch, I'm sorry, 60-inch Pioneer Kuro display. I have the little Roku box. That's how I watch it. But you can also watch it on Netflix, uh, on a, uh, a PS3, on an Xbox 360, on a Wii you saw I was just talking to the Panasonic folks. They have Netflix built into their Viera TVs. I watch it on the Roku box, and it's so amazing. I'm on, I'm on Wi-Fi. I'm not even on wired Ethernet. I went to Aliens last night. It's an HD movie. I started it playing. It's an uh, HD quality streaming. I was able to watch it instantly at no additional cost. It looks fantastic, and I was terrified. It is really a great system. If you're not yet a Netflix subscriber, don't take my word for it. Try it. Go to netflix.com slash twit and uh, give it a try free for the next 30 days. And, you know, if you are a Netflix subscriber, I know most of you are, we've got to start sharing uh, our favorite streaming movies because that's one of the things that we've really been having fun with, uh, with Audible is talking about your picks. And I am seeing so many new things. They just added Glee. They just added Mad Men to Netflix. I mean, TV shows. It's incredible. Netflix.com slash twit. If you've got an idea, email me, leo at twit.tv, your favorite Netflix streaming movie. So, Colin, you said you have these at the hospital? Yeah, we I want to introduce you to our newest employee while we're waiting for Scott. This is Colin Weir. We actually started him a little bit early. You weren't supposed to start till after this week. No, I'm in the middle of moving from Philly right now. So. Your family? No, moving from... Philly. Yeah, but your family's moving with you? No, just me. Just you all by my yourself? Girlfriend, my girlfriend eventually, but she, She's going to stay in Philly? To begin with. He's available. Late. Oh, no, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. That's mean. Are you going to move to Petaluma? Did you figure out where you're going to live? Front Air Park, I got Oh, that's great. Good. Yeah. Well, we're really glad to have you. I'm excited to be here. Colin uh, is radio boy. He sent me an email, said, what's wrong with your streams? Don't you know what you're doing? And I said, you're hired. And so now he's going to be in charge. So if you've got complaints about streams, Colin at twit.tv. That, and, and we're going to make sure that we not only improve the quality of our streams, we're very excited. We're about, I believe, to get live streaming back on the Roku. We're about to make a deal on that. 
Uh, we're going to get, I think, much improved stream quality soon. And a lot of this is, uh, is going to be your job, Colin. I'm excited. And, and, you know, we're building a new studio. They tell, oh, look. Oh, look. It's on. Okay, we can play with it now. Look. So why don't you give us a little tour of this? You've used this before. Um, yeah, we, we had one of these that I work, used to work at a hospital. And we used this uh, just to, um, for when we recorded simulated patient encounters. We were in a control room, but we needed to move the cameras around. And so you can control everything uh, digitally. You can pan, tilt, zoom. Um, you know, you can adjust your color balance, your white balance, your shutter speed. Y you don't need to be in the room. And it was working. I think I broke it, Colin. It was wa it was working. I, I thought I had the shot. Maybe they just started to put it back up. Sorry, I won't push. Uh, I don't know where the camera. Oh, there's the camera. All right. So this is a, a case of a special uh, head with a regular camera on it, but you can also buy special cameras for this. Right. And it, you know, it's a basic servo motor that that attaches and gets controlled by. I like this because we don't want to have to move sticks around and stuff like that. All right. I think we've got our uh, guests, so we're going to wander over. And uh, say hello to somebody from JVC as we continue with Home Theater Geeks. Yeah, I think those PTCs would be kind of nice, but they're expensive. Uh, the Panasonics are like $6,000, so I don't know. Is it, do you find that you can move and it doesn't judder? It's, very, it's a smooth move? It's a, like a human would do it? Um, it can be. You really have to practice with them. It, it can get very herky-jerky to begin with. But once you've been working with it for a while, it'll, Look, it's a whole it'll thing. smooth out. All right, so we're going to have to train people as well. Oh, thank you. And uh, we're going to okay. get, uh, oh, look, they've got a whole set. they got a whole set. Just for us. <laughs> Should I sit in a little chair or a big chair? Uh, I don't know. I'll tell you what, Scott. I'm going to stay out of this because it looks like there's seats for two. So I'll let you do the interview, but I'll hold the mic. Okay, good. Excellent. And uh, So who are we going to talk to, uh, Scott? Well, we're going to talk to JVC about basically the same thing. Okay. Uh, what they're... What they're showing here, how does it impact the consumer experience, and how, how does the professional product migrate down into the consumer yeah, product? They, you see it's pro HD, on air, on time, on budget. <laughs> That's something probably end users don't care about, but, right. but uh, I care a lot about. <laughs> now, they're showing a, four, a 4K camera. Yeah. Right, right over I, there. I expect that because of the red camera from... Uh, from um, uh, Oakley and others, uh, other uh, high-res cameras, there's a lot of pressure on these camera manufacturers to compete. To do 4K, yeah. yeah yep. I heard last night uh, Red was even thinking of doing 5K. Wow. Uh, which would, uh, as I was told by, uh, by Brent, that um, it, it actually allows for some cropping. It allows you to, to still to, to downscale things and have them look right. better. This is, a, this is a big thing. If you, if you capture in a higher resolution... And no matter what your end resolution is going to be, whether it's HD or even standard def, capturing it at that resolution is one thing. Capturing higher and then down-resing it actually gives you a better result. Right. Well, so. and then you also have a 5K capture should the time come when people have, oh, we've got Whoa, some light. Look oh, look at that. Some so the time light. come when we've got 5K uh, capable That's display. Right. So I'm going to get out of the way. So here we are in the JVC booth. I'm with Dave Walton, the uh, Vice President of Marketing and Communications for the Pro Division. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you very much, Scott. So uh, we're looking at this show, unlike most other uh, broadcasters and journalists, from the consumer point of view. I want to know, how does what we see here in your booth affect the consumer experience, improve the consumer experience, and... When and how do the professional products that we see here make their way into the consumer marketplace? 
Well, there's really two, two parts to that question, because first of all, the things that happen behind the scenes always affect what you see on television. And you have to realize the consumer experience is changing, and the broadcasters realize that. This is a broadcast show, and our primary purpose here is for broadcasters. But as things change on the broadcast side, these changes filter into the way consumers uh, watch television. Or, in fact, the consumer changes are driving the broadcast changes. Take your it's pick. It's kind of a bi-directional situation there, well, isn't it? broadcasters now that are shooting news, for example, used to be shooting for 6 and 10 p.m. or 7 and 11. Broadcasters are now talking about what they call three screens. That is the ordinary television screen, which is still a scheduled newscast, but then also you have the computer screen, which is a 24-hour-a-day on-demand newscast, mm -hmm. and then the upcoming mobile screen, which may be, not quite sure yet, may be more of a live newscast again. So now, how do you produce for the three screens? What kind of equipment do you need, and what kind of personnel and staffing do you have? How is it changing? Well, one way it's changing is that the heavy iron, what we used to call the $100,000 studio cameras, they're going by the wayside. Right. Broadcasters have to watch the budget, yet they need to transition to HD, so they're putting in cameras that are $30,000, and we have a lot of those products. JVC is among the leading companies, providers of professional cameras. We've been leading the way now, and we have several hundred stations that are using our products, dozens of groups of TV stations that are both in the studio as well as in the field. And what we're hearing from them is things like, we're sick and tired of expensive media, we want to use SD cards or SDHC cards. Well, these are direct results of what's happened on the consumer side, but the fact is we can now provide broadcast quality using those kinds of media and get, and, and get good quality out. But the ultimate result is that they need to be able to put more reporters on the street and they need to be able to provide news 24 hours a day for the consumer. because And less expensively. That, and, and they have to do it for less money. What you're seeing now is that reporters will go out, and where they would go out with a microwave truck or a satellite truck in the past, they'll get a story, and they'll head straight for a McDonald's or for a Starbucks, <laughs> and they'll sit down with an uh, Apple computer with Final Cut Pro. They'll rush their story together. They'll get their story edited and ship it off to the station using the Wi-Fi that's available freely in the uh, facility there. Right. Uh, one of the things that we're showing here in the booth is an attachment that goes on to the back of our one of our ENG cameras that is a Wi-Fi module. So they could actually output, if you're in an area that has Wi-Fi, uh, you could actually output live and do it without a microwave. Which is uh, exactly what we're doing here. With. I want to interrupt for just a second. We're in a kind of a dead zone for wireless. Why don't we take a little walk around, Dave? Would you mind? Because sure. the audio quality is not so great okay, here. Okay, sure, and, absolutely. Uh, and so uh, if we can get out of it, I think it's just where we are. You know, I don't know if you know this, David, or not, but we're, we're streaming this live via 3G uh, network. So uh, sometimes the 3G doesn't work so very well. Tell you all about that. Really? Uh, in uh, at NAB in 2002, we introduced a product called Streamcorder, and basically it was a small handheld three-chip camera that had the ability to stream Wi-Fi, and if you had a broadband connection, you could actually do that with the camera, and you wouldn't need to have a whole uh, bunch of stuff. You wouldn't well, need a backpack. Now this is using 3G. We've got 12 3G cards in here, so and it's doing. We're doing bonding. Yeah. And bonded 3G is going to uh, 
turn into bonded 4G. Absolutely. Here it is, in fact. We get clear wire. Yeah. yeah with, with bonded 4G, you can. Now, you, you do have an issue of latency, and that's something people will have to get used to. So if you were taking questions from uh, the viewers, mm -hmm. there's going to be, you know, I think there's a bad delay with satellite. You're going to have to deal <laughs> with the delay now of maybe... That's a big issue. Seconds. We can't, in fact, do two-way. This is still bad here, so still we're going to keep walking. Okay. We can't, in fact, do two-way, and that actually is a big issue for us. So if you guys can solve that, we'd be very interested. <laughs> well, uh, I can tell you, at least as far as the Wi-Fi is concerned, and right over here, it may be a little quieter, and I can stand right in front of a camera. It's not noisy. It's a radio noise. Uh, okay. Well, I like this, though. Let's stand in front of this. I don't know if you know, but we use JVC cameras. You come by our booth in the South Hall. We're using JVC $2,000 consumer-grade camcorders as our streaming cameras. They look fantastic. Cool. Well, we appreciate that. Well, this is a little more than $2,000, but this is a, what we call it. This is the one I want, not the one I can afford. <laughs> this is what we call an ENG camera. ENG stands for Electronic News Gathering, and it's uh, basically the way they've been shooting news in the field since the late 1970s. Well, this looks a lot smaller than the old Betacam SP decks, 50-pound cameras that people like Brent used to carry around. Yeah, it records on dual SDHC media cards. So that's nice, by the way, because we don't have to buy, as you mentioned, expensive proprietary cards, as we do, for instance, for the Sony camera that we're using here. Right. So um, one of the things that we've done here, what this module is right here, I mentioned the modularity. This is a Wi-Fi module, and there is a version of this that has a slot for a 4G broadband card. Right now, and you can look at the latency on that monitor over there, it's just about a half a second or less. That's fantastic. We're able to output Wi-Fi from this camera, and we can walk all around this booth and over into some of our neighbors' booths and have a good, clear signal in high definition using this adapter on the uh, camera. Wow. So I'm going to have to come to you. So this is, this is the direction we're going, and this is one of the features that, that makes this so unique. But this is what, what broadcasters want. They want to have... It's, it's what CNN's doing with iReport. They want to be in the field, they want to be light, they want to be able to move around, and they want interactivity. CNN has a couple of hundred of our uh, small handheld cameras. This is exactly what the, the, the new type of news I'm talking about is. And uh, not just the networks, but also uh, stations. They're uh, equipping their reporters with handheld cameras. Uh, people that wouldn't have been shooting news in the past are now out shooting their own news and editing it together. And, uh, consumer journalism, essentially. Well, they're not consumers. They're professional <laughs> They're just, they're just the producers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just because they're using small, lightweight equipment, they're still professionals, and they, they, are, uh, they are actually get, doing a very valuable service. But they're reporting, uh, you know, 24 hours a day in news. And this is interesting because this is a JVC body with a Canon lens. These are interchangeable lenses? Oh, yeah. Our professional cameras all have interchangeable lenses, and the predominant suppliers of lenses are Canon and Fujinon. Uh, and about, it's about a 50-50 mix around here in the booth. Some uh, TV stations prefer Fujinon, some prefer Canon. They're both very good, high-quality lenses. One of the other things you typically see on, a, on a, a news lens is a 2x extender, the ability to flip in an optical extender and double the focal range so you can do uh, close-ups. And that, that, that's a function of the lens, not of the camera. Right. Now, what about displays uh, in terms of JVC and professional monitors? And again, how that's going to translate into consumer products? Well, um, it's terrible. It, it usually works the other way. Usually the consumer products bring the cost of professional monitors down. Uh, the, the needs of a professional for monitoring are quite different than the consumer. 
typically the consumers like big and bright. The brighter the better. Professional monitors, the opposite. You don't want them to be that bright because it's hard on the eyes. But in the retail environment, it, it uh, sadly, it's well, whoever's the brightest is the winner. Well, this is unfortunately true. And what I always advocate on my website and whenever I can, that you want to go into the TV and get out of that vivid or dynamic or what we call torch mode and go back into something more like what the professionals are watching in the in their broadcast studios. Yeah, that that would be great if, if people would do that. But but you know people are uh, people are people. You know they like brighter is better, and uh, I, I think you're going to see a continued increase in the sales of 3D monitors, uh, both the passive and the active kind. The passive are just coming on, and we have now uh, a whole line of passive displays in the booth. Uh, the professionals knew that from the beginning, that the active shutter glasses were not what they would want to wear around all day long as they're monitoring. Because they're because they're heavy, for one thing. Well, um, for, it bothers some people to have the alternating left-right shutter, and uh, they're just it's easier on the eyes and more comfortable to watch uh, the passive display. Right. Not only that, but with the active glasses, you need to be in line of sight. You have to be looking at the display, which is sending an IR signal to the glasses to synchronize it, with the passive glasses, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You have a better viewing angle with passive. You do lose a little bit of resolution. That was my next question. Well, until we have 4K monitors, uh, then, then uh, you can recover some of that. There are some other technologies that, are, that have some promise for passive. Uh, but we don't have any of those types of technologies here in the booth. But we think passive is probably the way it's going to go. Um, in the consumer world as well? I think probably so, although our uh, DILA projector we're showing here uses active. So we're, we're kind of both sides. We're playing both sides of the aisle here. Uh, the advantage of active is that it really is less expensive to implement, and it it's, it rolls to market much faster. Right. The glasses are more expensive, they are. but the display itself can be more or less a normal display. And if you're only watching HD, say, 10% or less of the time, you don't really sacrifice anything when you buy a system with active, because uh, the active system is just like an ordinary system until you go into the 3D mode, in which case then you're flipping left-right images. Whereas a passive system, you have the 3D filter on the screen all of the time. You're going to lose some light transmission, and you're going to have some sacrifices you have to make the 90% of the time as opposed to the uh, the other. And the same thing is true in the theater with the projector. With the, uh, act the active system, we don't have to have a special silver screen uh, so that you don't have to worry about um, having a special screen up there just for your 3D. But now, sorry, we were talking about 4K as it relates to monitors. Yeah. We have a very interesting product here in the booth that probably every consumer will want to know about, and that is some will call the future of television. Let's go. Can we go see it? Because uh, this is again a, another bad a, audio zone here. This so. is a camcorder that has four times the resolution of HD. Ah, so it's a 4K camcorder. 4,000 by 2,000, as opposed to, say, roughly 2,000 by 1,000. And uh, the idea of 4K, and this is it right over here, uh, is that, well, you know, the sky's the limit. You could say 8K is coming after 4K, but right. there's, 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 there are steps. 
And this is, uh, if let's you move can... in front of this uh, camera. Now, does this display a 4K display? This is a 4K display. Ah. And the closer in you get, it's still razor sharp because th think of this as four full HD images that are that are on the screen at one time. Right. You've got four quadrants there, all full that, HD. That is incredibly sharp. And you can read details in the smallest area. And all of this footage was shot with this little handheld camcorder right here. Wow. Now let's see if we can get a picture of that. That's, that's not much bigger than a regular consumer camcorder. No, it's not. <clears throat> Do you have a price on that? No, nothing yet. Okay. But uh, thinking about it a different way, <clears throat> it has what is roughly an 8 megapixel imager in there. The problem is a lot of cameras shoot 8 megapixels. A lot of still cameras can shoot roughly More than 4K that. resolution, yeah. but the question is how do you process it? How can you do 60 frames a second at that data rate? And that's where JVC has made a breakthrough, which we call Falcon Brid. It's a new LSI, a new processor that allows us to take the raw data from the camera and process it and compress it and record it into a signal that you could actually record onto a simple SD, XC, or HD card, or a, a, an array of cards. I was going to say, a 4K uh, image, as much as you're compressing it with MPEG-4 or uh, H.264, uh, is still going to take up a lot of room. A lot of room. And in, in this case, uh, there are four SDXC cards, each recording 36 megabits per second. So you have a total of 144 megabits per second, a total payload, right. but the, uh, the actual recording itself is the full image. It's uh, magically all put back together in one big uh, screen image, but it now, actually it spans four memory cards. Now, is that being recorded all at once or in an interlaced fashion? No, it's recorded all at once on the four memory cards. And oh, here's a monoscope. We have to take a look at this. This is really beautiful. Um, I mean, it's geeky, but, you know, pardon me for being geeky, but it's home theater geeks after all. And what we want to look at particularly is you can still see the lines here and there, uh, which indicates an incredible, an incredibly high resolution. Yeah, it's really hard on a normal TV screen or a, a computer screen to sit here and talk about 4K and show it and demonstrate it. You, you really have to be here to see it. That's right. I mean, we, we're looking at, at, a, at a live view camera here looking at this. It's not going to show you the 4K. Right, right. But what I can tell you, standing here, and I hope Leo gets back here pretty soon because I know he's way into In fact, here he is. Leo, you got to check this out. This is a 4K display of more like 50. Now we're talking. Now we're you see talking. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and it looks pretty good, I got to say. This is, how big is this display? Um, that's, you got me there. Looks like about 50. 50 roughly yeah. 50 or so. 55, I think. Now, there's a smaller display over here showing a 4K image that was shot with this other little 4K camera we have. An even smaller 4K camera. It's a smaller 4K, but you got to look at the resolution of this. This is a this is a small 4K uh, monitor here. And again, you got to put your read. I have to put my reading glasses on to see the picture. Uh, when you thought HD was razor sharp, look at this. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. I was talking before with someone else about. Uh, is it really valuable to have 4K in a, in a display even that small or even 50 or 55 inches? But the answer is, looks like it's so. Because you can get like that close 
and you can just see everything. It's amazing. Well, also, look at the depth of field. I mean, that's one of the things I've been saying is that good 4K is as good as good 3D. Yeah, Maybe exactly. even better because it looks so vivid and so realistic when there's some depth of field. You really get a sense of a 3D. She's a very 3D. The model looks 3D because our brains. Behind there, yeah, yeah. It's quite it, gorgeous. It looks, it's beautiful. Yeah. This is a professional broadcast monitor. I'm not sure. It's an IBM monitor. It's uh, obviously not a broadcast monitor because we don't broadcast 4K. It's a computer monitor. It's a computer monitor. Are we going to see 4K broadcasts at some point? Probably not in my lifetime. Uh, it could happen, but it, it's really going to depend on the consumer marketplace. If you see this kind of resolution and you call your cable company, they're going to figure out if enough people do, they're going to say, hmm. We'll figure out how to get four HD channels into your into, onto one screen at one time, <laughs> but um, for the over-the-air broadcast, it's you know we've we've got standards that have been worked out for the last twenty years, and we've just adopted those, and that's not going to change anytime soon. We have basically 1080i and 720p, although there are 18 different resolutions they can broadcast at. Those are the two that the broadcast industry has settled on, and they're going to be around for quite a while. Dave, I want to thank you for your time. Really exciting. Really neat to see. Thank you. you. We're fans of JVC. I told them we use them on the stage. the cameras on the stage. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Dave. Thank you so much. I love 4K. I am a 4K (laughs) fan. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. We're going to see if we can find. We understand the audio is bad. We apologize. We really wanted to get that in the can. For Home Theater Geeks, the audio we're recording here is fine. It's it's our streaming audio. So we are going to go now in search of good audio. And Sony. Sony, yes. (laughs) Um, We're now going over to Sony for part three of Home Theater Geeks. That's right. And we've got a good guest from Sony. We do. We do. We have Bob Ott, who's the uh, vice president of Pro Video at Sony. Wow. So he's a pretty big wig, too. We had uh, SK2... Oh, wait a minute. Before we do this, Tiffin makes the Steadicam. And look at, they've got a little tiny, I want to get this Steadicam for a camcorder. You know, Alex has one of these. I really want to get one of these. Okay, we're going to go take a little detour here. I'm sorry, but don't you you want this? Don't you want this? I know you want this. Oh, look at that. This is the Merlin. We've been talking about this. And I would just love to have one of these. Look at that. That is so cool. You still need a counterweight thing, which they have here as a little curved gizmo. Yeah, but look how steady that is. Oh, yeah. Because you, you just don't, you can't, uh, Whoa. you can't. Uh, <laughs> 3D, yeah. Look at that. That is super cool. I think you have a customer here pretty Yeah, soon. no, I, you know, Alex has one. I'd love to get oh, one. Yeah? We've talked about it on Mac Break Weekly. I just wanted to see it in action. That is remarkable. That is just remarkable. Yeah, very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So you need this is what you need. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> oh, we're about to get it's some a, feedback. It's a battle about who can be smoother, huh? <laughs> That's from Tiffin. We'll come back and uh, do a little segment with them. Uh, I just wanted to see that as long as we were walking by. Right. And now back to the Sony booth. This looks very similar to the Sony booth at CES. It's same, the same slogan. Location, same same location. Same location. Yeah. yeah exactly Make right. dot believe. They come up with a new slogan every year or two. Well, for a while it was uh, Sony No Baloney, which wasn't the greatest. Uh, I think that was the unofficial slogan. It's, no, I think it was their slogan. Really? And then it, yeah, and then It's a Sony was another one. Look, here's another Steadicam. Uh, this is a, here's a jib, too. This is another thing I want. This is the very Zoom uh, people. Oh, yeah. We really want one of these jib cams. Someday, 
Someday. Look at this 3D camera right here. This is, a, this is quite something. Yeah. Holy mololy. 21st century 3D. Same right idea, there. too, by the way. The camera pointing down and the camera pointing forward. Those exactly are reds right. they're using there. Yep. Um, with the beam, beam splitter, splitter, that's the key. That, that's a, that's a $100,000 rig you just saw right there, at least. So, we might yeah. see some OLED here in Sony. Sony's the OLED company. We know that. We are watching our live coverage of uh, the NAB show, the National Association of Broadcasters, here in Las Vegas, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and a little bit of Thursday. We're doing Home Theater Geeks with Scott Wilkinson. We've got lots more to come, and we're going to go back to our beautiful stage, oh, thanks to beautiful. Roger Ambrose yeah. and Brent Bai, who did the amazing color lighting. That, I didn't know you could do lights in color. That's really remarkable. <laughs> it really... <laughs> The wonder of LEDs. They're incredible. It just really looks beautiful. Thanks also to our friends at Live View who make the backpack that is doing the uh, streaming back to the uh, the stage. It's remarkable. We actually even use the Live View to stream from the stage back to uh, the cottage. So, uh, did you tell everybody about Netflix? I did while you were uh, off, well, I was at the, off at Good. the JVC I to make booth. Sure that, uh, You're a Netflix user, yeah? I am. I am. It's a wonderful service. Do you use the streaming more or the disc more? Streaming. See, I would think because you're a video file. You might say, I want the Blu-ray disc, because that is the best quality. It is the best quality, and I do do that. I certainly get Blu-rays. But on the other hand, I also get a lot of Blu-rays just in the nature of my business. You know, studios send me review copies. I like the ability to just kind of uh, watch something at the drop of a hat. So, exactly. For instance, exactly. I've been looking into, you know, boating. I'm a, I, I want to get a, when I retire, I want to get a boat. And, uh, you retire? Well, it's a long way off. It's an expensive <laughs> boat I want to get. And uh, I was on a forum, a trawler forum, and they said, has anybody seen this movie, Deep Water? It's about the 1966 uh, competition sponsored by the Times of London to be the first sailor. Right, It was right after Chichester circumnavigated, but he stopped at a few ports. It was to be the first sailor to, to go around the world without stopping. Ah. And a very inexperienced sailor really? decided to try it. Oh, my God. And, um, and so I, I, I was reading about this, and I, was, I really wanted to see this movie, and I looked, and there it is on Netflix streaming. I was able to watch it literally 30 seconds after seeing the post on the forums. That's what Netflix streaming does. It gives you on-demand at no additional cost <coughs> movies for seven ninety nine a month, but you can do it absolutely free if you go right now to netflix.com slash twit for 30 days, not forever, 30 days free Netflix streaming. They might even have a disc deal as well. <coughs> netflix.com slash twit. Well, I did the commercial. You I can't help it. Again. You can't help it. So but the story is interesting. This British guy what, didn't have a lot of experience. He made a catamaran. He had three little kids at home and a, left his wife and three little kids. Had trouble immediately. Decided, uh, I'm not going to make it. So he stopped and waited for everybody else to catch up and then sailed in with them. <laughs> and he, had, he faked all of his logbooks. Oh, no. He thought, if I don't come in first, nobody's going to take a close look at my logbooks. I'll get away with this. Then <clears throat> the person who was beating him sank. Oh, no. And he was, knew that he was going to win. And he realized that his hoax would, there was no way he could pull this off. Oh, so no. it's a fascinating movie. I think it's called Deep Water. It was really, oh, really great. That, then, on, uh, yeah, Netflix just, streaming. well, and this is, I love documentaries. Netflix streaming has so many good documentaries. Uh, King, King Corn, mm -hmm. uh, about the corn industry and mm -hmm. how they're putting corn. Mm -hmm. You know, Chicken McNuggets are 50% corn. <laughs> I learned that corn from McNuggets. Netflix streaming. Uh, I would certainly look at, at documentaries and things like that on, on Netflix streaming. Love documentaries. Much more than 
than uh, the movies that require or really benefit from the super high resolution. Well, documentary is a perfect example because it yeah. isn't uh, great. But all I have to say, I mean, I'm watching, like I said, the uh, Aliens in HD, and it looked fantastic. So I think uh, Toy Story three just came up on Netflix. Yes, TV. it did. Isn't that great? Yeah, I love it. Great. I, I love, love it. that one. That's such a great movie. Yeah. I cried. I bawled my uh, bawled my eyes out. So is it time? Should we walk let's, over? Let's go over and all see. right. We're just stalling here as we uh, visit the Sony booth. We've got so much to see at the Sony booth. You know, we were looking when uh, when you were uh, uh, away over at the JVC booth, we were looking at uh, pan, tilt, zoom, remote-controlled cameras, and they're so cool. I really would love to get one of those. Excellent. All right, Scott, you're okay, on. Here we are. Bob, Scott Wilkinson. Hey, hey, Bob, Leo Laporte. We're with Trit. We are live now. We're streaming out to the Internet. Congratulations. How you doing? And by the way, we're on a by the Sony. Way, is it like streaming upstream. Upstream, or it's upstream, it's baby. Upstream. Using three G bonded cards, and we're on a Cinecam Alta EX One. I love it. I love that camera. So do I. Yeah. Well, you should. <laughs> I believe you make it. Yes. Not personally. But no. First of all, and, it, and we've, uh, this has been, a, a, of course, a topic of uh, the NAB show. Yeah. Because of the tragedy in Japan, our uh, deepest condolences to everybody who works at Sony. I'm sure there are a great many people affected uh, by this tsunami. We appreciate you uh, sending those words. Uh, yeah. If there are donations for people who are listening right now, there, there's any number of societies that are helping out the Japanese at this point in time, and we appreciate uh, yeah. those uh, words. of. I know. In fact, Sony matters. does have some, uh, some factories uh, in Sendai. I heard Howard Stringer talk about the camera yeah, factories. Yeah, we do, and, and so we're forth. working around the clock. 24-7 to get those factories back, get power back to those factories. Thank goodness uh, none of our employees were uh, injured in that. That's great news. It's a phenomenal thing. So I appreciate the... the, the words of uh, condolence. I don't. I won't use the words. Condolence, of condolence. isn't the right word, is it's it? It's probably yeah. more of the words of encouragement. Yeah. And support th- and support. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. that's a better way to put it. So uh, the Sony booth, as at CES, is huge. Oh, this is bigger than CES. Really? Than CES. <laughs> customers. I mean, it's jam packed here. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'll, I'm willing to bet one thing: more money is spent at NAB than is spent at CES. I'm not even going to take a, a word on that bet, but I can tell you this much. The, the equipment costs a lot more. Yes. Yes. No kidding. Yes. The camera he's using right now costs more than a bloggy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it's one of those things. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So what we're going to want to look here, look at here is uh, 3D, of course. You guys of are course. big into 3D. and yes. uh, we I see 4K, too. And 4K. I see dead people. <laughs> <laughs> In yeah. all their excruciating <laughs> detail. Right. This is the sixth sense. We're going here, guys. Here we go. And really, how, how does what we're seeing here impact and trickle down to the consumer? It's not the consumer. You mean the end user who's uh, shooting? Yes. See, uh, there, there's, a, there's a specific difference between the people that are in this booth versus the CE show. Right. People at the CE show are buying equipment because they want to shoot their kid's birthday party, and they're not expecting anybody to pay them for that. <laughs> right. People at this show are shooting the kid's birthday party, but they get paid to shoot that birthday party. And yet there is some trickle-down. For instance, I'm looking over here at OLED reference monitors for pros. As you develop those monitors, you get better producing them. There is going to be some trickle-down to the consumer market of these products. Uh, Eventually, you never know where that's going, but without a doubt, the OLED, which is known as the TriMaster EL for electroluminescence, is a phenomenal uh, phenomenal product. The why, do, inch sells for twenty six thousand dollars. That's why it's for pros for seventeen thousand. Pros so, yeah. want it for color trueness. Why would they be interested? Because it, without a doubt, beats even a CRT. 
for black levels. For black levels, for colorimetry, for consistency, for color matching across the board. You can take any of our monitors out of inventory, put them up in a line, and they will color match. And the blacks are black. They are truly black. Truly black. Now, have you solved the longevity problem? Absolutely. <laughs> you lie. <laughs> he doesn't know. What's the longevity problem? Well, I've heard what, many what people. Pro- how, many, how many OLED monitors are out there with longevity? Well, there aren't any yet. Well, well there, we there was some thought that the purple, what is the purple the dye, the blue would uh, the blue would fade over time. Would, would not last as long as the so, red and the green. So tell me something. Sony has been in the business of making televisions for a long time, right? A very long time. And we made something. I think it was called Tom. Uh, Tom, our our guy who's in charge of PR. It was called what? The Trinitron. <laughs> the Trinitron. You remember that? I do. Press the remote control. I go thunk. Tell me something. I, I could tell you. My mother. My dear old mother. 84 years old. Hi, Mom. How you doing? She still has hers, doesn't she? She still has her Trinitron, (laughs) and she won't give it up. No, because it's a great team. Now, ask me about longevity. Okay? Now, would we make a product that has less longevity than my dear mother would want? Okay? (laughs) Clearly not. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. So Tom's mom says OLED. It's the next. I'm telling you right now, if you're going to spend $26,000 for... An OLED monitor, otherwise known as the TriMaster EL. We must say that. That's right. And it will be referred to in the future as the EL, just like EX and SR. So EL. Electroluminescent. Electroluminescence. It will kick butt. I want to see those. We'll walk over there in a little bit. It's in the dark, and be careful because there's a lot of people over there, and you never know what happens in the dark. But (laughs) the only way to truly evaluate those monitors is in the situation that we've set up here, and people do not believe their eyes. It is just, it is not a paradigm shift. It is the same shift that occurred when we introduced Trinitron. It was mind blowing, and the wow factor is unbelievable. And the golden eyes in Hollywood. We anticipate them to go to the next step and just say this is the de facto standard that we have to use in order to evaluate anything. As they used Sony CRTs, absolutely, for many, many, and years. we have our CRT in that room and really, show you right just next to it. right next to it, and you will not believe your eyes. Well, we should go see it. I don't know if it'll really communicate on streaming uh, Maybe video. Maybe not. Maybe no, the black not. levels, I don't think it'll show up on streaming. <laughs> but that's okay. And there may be a little blockiness, but other than that... Many of the people watching at home are actually watching on 50-inch Sony uh, Bravia TVs. Uh, absolutely. No, it's true. That's right. Yeah. All our Bravia lines, phenomenal. <laughs> absolutely. Now, what is Sony doing, speaking of uh, watching on your Bravia TV online streaming? We know that the Bravia TVs and many other companies are also bringing in the way to watch TV the new way which is you know online yeah what are we what are you showing here at NAB to facilitate that process well we're showing streaming capability from our switchers and everything else because that becomes a big thing interesting so you're building those in uh, well we're not building them in we're working with third parties as well as our own switching mechanisms we haven't the MCS8 which is a new switcher that will develop. Uh, that will be available in the market within the next few months. That switcher works with a, 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 a relatively wide number of uh, encoders, so to speak. So do you find that people are both broadcasting and streaming? Uh, yeah. yeah, in fact, uh, a good example just recently was the Oscars. Uh, Oscar.com. Was, I watched it. Yeah. I had it on my iPad. I'm watching it on the TV, the right. Sony Bravia TV, and on my iPad with the uh, Oscars uh, app. And you're watching backstage. So that stuff was streaming. And you're able to switch various ISO cameras. So if you want to watch somebody walking down the red carpet, you can pick them up after. It was really cool. Oh, I didn't didn't, didn't notice that, that you could actually 
switch the view that you were looking at on the iPad. Yeah, they had a backstage view, they had a presenter's view, they had... They actually took the ISO feeds out of various cameras and allowed those feeds to go out on the air. So wow. that's why they would put this in the switcher, because you want to, you're already got a control room, you've got all those cameras going in, you might as well add streaming to this at the switch level. Well, quite honestly, we established that a long time ago, long before anybody was doing it. It was something called AnyCast, and it still exists, okay? I remember that, yeah. And, well, it's still here at the show and everything else. AnyCast began that, and it, it, it streamed in real. Uh, and the reason it streamed in real is we used a Linux platform within that uh particular product. Main reason being, at the time, because of the fear of uh, people hooking up to the internet and getting uh, downloads of viruses and Trojans and everything else, we decided Linux was a safe platform to use at the time. And that product, by the way, is still used very, very widely and very successfully. Wow. But we have seen the, the need to expand that marketplace. Is that one thing we see with broadcast that uh, broadcasters, because stuff is so expensive, do tend to use their gear longer, or do you find that the, biz, the cycles are faster with broadcasters? I'll put it in this vernacular. There is no such thing as a throwaway. Everyone will tell you, oh, I want to buy this product because it's a throwaway. They don't throw it away. They want to use it. They rely on Sony reliability to be behind them 100%. Our service is unmatchable. And in the broadcast industry, you can't be off the air. It's right. as simple as that. Well, we can, but they can't. They can't be <laughs> off the air. And Sony stands by them 100%. All of the broadcasters we've worked with over the many, many, many years have, without a doubt, had the best possible support from Sony. I think that that's one of the key differences between what we do and what consumers do and what broadcasts do is it's mission critical. Absolutely, mission critical. And, you know, that's why NBC relies on us to integrate the Olympics for them. So yeah. I remember, uh, you know, I uh, work for a KGO Radio in San Francisco sometimes. Right, right. Uh, they got their entire facility after, this was an ABC was covering the Olympics, after the uh, Olympics, they got all the gear. <laughs> they got, it, was, it was down at Stanford, the soccer and everything. They got all the gear, and it was an easy way to start a station. Nothing thrown out there. They, that's, the television station was based on it. Yeah, well, we, like I said, we integrate the Olympics. We've done a lot of work with a variety of venues. So we know our stuff. We're the leaders in the broadcast arena because we know our stuff. What is uh, getting on most attention so far? Are you, uh, sometimes you come to a show like this, you've got all the booth, got all this stuff going on, and, and people are most interested in something, maybe something you didn't expect. Is it? No, uh, quite honestly, walking into the show, we knew, uh, based on the reaction that we had at HPA, that the OLED otherwise known as the TriMaster EL Electrolumbus. <laughs> did you mention that? Yeah, you did. Yeah, the 25-inch and the 17-inch that's right. available. We're going to have to go look at that. We you are going to have to look go at look at that. That, that was, without a doubt, that was going to be a popular product. Um, the other two products that are very popular and getting a lot of t attention are the Super 35-millimeter imaging systems. Because our competition basically came out with what I'll call a small imager, a four-thirds. We came out with something that's almost twice the size and uh, is made for motion picture not still image. Mm. A lot of the cameras that are out there that are have been rigged with, you know, you buy the camera for 500 bucks and then add $8,000 of accessories. What you find out is if you can't improve on the imager that's in that camera because it was made for making still pictures, that's a problem. Are you using CMOSs? We're using CMOS because we actually make them, you see. And some of those manufacturers actually buy them from us. Mm -hmm. But the CMOS that we make... You've solved that jelly problem. Well, that's why you're using an EX-1 right now. That's exactly right. Okay, so that's a half-inch. This is a 35-millimeter imager, and we're using it in both the F3, the PMW F3, as well as, which is $16,000 without lens, as well as the uh, NEX 
uh, FS100, which is the lower cost model, uses a super 35 millimeter imager. We've made it compatible with lenses that are readily available in the marketplace. Uh, the F3 ships with three, cam uh, three lenses if you want, three primes if you want. So, I mean, we went after the market, we addressed it, and we added the Sony touch to it to make sure that when somebody picks up the camera, they don't worry about what they've got in their hands. They don't have to worry about, oh, do I have to go buy this accessory or do I have to buy that accessory? They buy the things that really make the camera work instead of making the camera work. You know, it's, you talk about trickle-down, Scott. Uh, we were one of the first, Alex Lindsay, one of the first uh, uh, Internet podcasters to do a 1080p podcast. It was a, the original Mac break. Nobody could watch it. Nobody could, <laughs> nobody could see it. But, but he made it, and he did it with a Cine Alta camera. Yeah. He was able to get a deal with a hand-me-down Cine Alta from Lucasfilm, uh -huh. and we were shooting in 1080p. I, I don't know if, Brent, you were around for that, but we, we would make these incredible-looking shows that nobody could nobody watch because it was such high resolution. Now everybody can watch it. Sony's used to doing that. In other words, when we, when we, curve. when we were ahead of the curve, we went full, well, we went full tilt. In other words, a lot of people don't realize but you know HD is now the thing and I was there as part of uh, when we launched with uh, a variety of uh networks, whether it's CBS or NBC, uh, The Tonight Show was one of the first uh, television shows. Sure. That's April of 2000. But wow. But a lot of people don't know, and that was for archival purposes, because there weren't a lot of Nobody people. Nobody was watching. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were watching The Tonight Show, but not, not in high def. Right. Uh, but what they don't know is that we shot the 1984 Olympics in high def. There were Plumacon cameras and everything else, and the jetpack guy going into Los Angeles. You got that. That was shot in high def. Wow. And, you know, that was... Are you uh, going to release that on, like, Blu-ray? I don't think so. <laughs> but the important part is, I don't know if we can even play well, it. Let's talk about 4K, then, because that's the next I, big you know, thing. I, I noticed 4K over is here, better I than see. 2K. 4K, the new F65, looks great. We have a theater no, that notice has they have a theater there with 2K, 4K, and see, Scott, 8K. you poo-pooed me on 4K, and yet we're seeing 4K all over. Everywhere. It tells me that broadcasters are paying attention to this. That means soon we'll be watching it. Well, well but not broadcast necessarily. Necessarily, we heard from right. us some other people, but filmmakers yeah, seeing absolutely. it in the theater, perhaps right. a new disc right. format. Well, here's the nice part. Ready? Yeah. We sell something known as SXRD, and the 7,000 screens that we've equipped with SXRD are already 4K equipped. A in the theater. Our, yeah. yeah. A lot of our Digital competition have sold 2K projectors. So as 4K evolves, which it is bound to do, yep. since we're developing something called the F65, and we're developing file-based workflows and everything else, that F65 will be the perfect addition to those theaters that have already made the investment in 4K imagery. Now, what about the home? Is Blu-ray going to be able to move to a 4K resolution? I, I wouldn't want to quote on what we're, our plans are with Blu-ray or any of the other aspects. It's kind of like discussing the future that's so... It's not that it's so far out, but right now we're very interested in selling as many Blu-ray players as we can <laughs> and keeping people happy with 1080. It looks good. Oh, it looks it, phenomenal. It looks great. It looks phenomenal. And this may, in fact, be one way in which theaters can distinguish themselves and attract people to come is to see a but 4K look how quickly it, it migrates to the early days of when television came about theaters went to cinemascope slash panavision because they right. went for the wider screen exactly. to appeal to customers and then eventually dolby stereo and you know, well and i have a feeling that they thought 3d would have a little more lifespan form in the theaters in but of the course theater, but you brought it home right away right, right. away and right. i wanted to ask you about that because okay. that was such an immediate thing yeah. that we saw i mean 3d has come and gone several yeah. times right well but that 
3D in the past had a problem with projection and a few other issues because other issues. film moves in the gate and you know you had no control. You could you could shoot the best possible 3D image, the House of Wax. Right. Uh, even there's a Three Stooges episode that was shot in 3D. <laughs> really? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah, wise guy. And, and and we happen to have that on our property. Oh, I'd love to see a picture. Oh, but anyway. The problem there was you had no control over the projection of it. So it would so go in and out. It could go in and out, and it could move in the gate and everything else, and the projector could be 30 years old and all this right. other stuff. Now we have digital projection. It's you rock digital, solid. You have digital projection. It's 4K if it's Sony. Okay. Well, not the 3D. Well, the, let's put it this way. I'm not saying that. It's using a 4K projection system. Correct. Okay. As far so, as I've seen for, with the Sony 4K projector, they divide that imager into, into two. Two, right. 2K right. images left and right. Right, and right. Left. right. Yeah. right. Exactly. Right. And with polarization. But you asked me about 4K, so I'm telling I you did. 4K. So, yeah, so he okay. threw the buzzword in there. He did, I, he's I, good. I, Tom's good. Yeah, he's very good. He's very good. Bob's working but at the it. Bob. The question, I don't know who Tom was. I have, the, I have the question, though, remaining, which is... Okay, so now we have rock-solid 3D in the theater, Yeah, but immediately it's now available at the home as well. Absolutely. It could have been used as a differentiator again for, to get people into the commercial theater because they couldn't get it at home, but all of a sudden they can with Sony TVs among many others. Yes. So why, how did that work? I mean, Because what, what the customer wants in the theater is the theater experience, and my wife... In their home, you mean? I could, no, no, no. I can tell you right now, my wife still likes going to movies. Yeah. Okay, you know right. why? Because I don't laugh. <laughs> okay, she laughs, and it's a, if it's a comedy, and right. if I don't laugh, but if the rest of the audience is laughing, and that's true. Everybody laugh. laughs. So the theater experience is a phenomenal experience. It is, and it's an all-enveloping experience. Personally, I don't invite all my friends over to watch a movie. Right. In fact, they're very uncomfortable watching a movie in that regard. No, it is. It's a little weird. Yeah. So when you're watching it at the home, believe it or not, I would be willing to bet a lot of people have already seen the 3D version in the theaters. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're just saying, oh, now I can I want it at home yeah. and I can see it again and all that stuff. One more question, Bob. This is from the chat room. Mick wants to know when you're going to make an adapter so he can record 4K on his Betamax. <laughs> well, I'm very happy that he has the Betamax. <laughs> and by the way, Betamax still lives because it's called Betacam SP. It is. It That's is. Right. And it's used by broadcasters it everywhere. It survived uh, into the professional absolutely. world all this time. Right. It's remarkable. And, you know, the, the Betamax thing, the VHS thing, that's old news. Today it's Blu-ray, DVD, and it works. Bob, Tom, whatever your name is, thank Bob, you so much. Whatever. Bob, Bob Vice it. President Bob. of uh, Pro Video. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so Actually, much. Actually, all the products. So all the products. Oh, wow. Oh, no, it was really great to see you. Thanks a lot, Bob. Really great. Really appreciate it. And we are going to restart the camera because I think we found that if we do a restart, it does fix the sound. So we're we have, we it was great right up to the end. It's, a, it's not on the uh, recording. It's just for the streaming. Yeah. So the local is always good because it's a Sony EX1, baby. <laughs> Nothing. But I have to say, we uh, we got the uh, little adapter so we could record on SD cards because we don't want to buy those. It works great. Yeah, it works great. Sure, sure. It's uh, It'll be on... Uh, we updated the firmware and uh, boom. On, uh, uh, HTG, right? On Home Theater Geek. Yes, of course. So There's my card. Thank you, Bob. Probably tomorrow. Thank you. Yeah. I am very the chief well. twit. I'm very glad. You really no, we're always live. Yeah, as long as as long as that red light is on, we are live. We are. This isn't going to be in the edited version. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll grab one of those too. Thank you so much. That's great. That's great. This was great. Yeah, we're building a, a new studio, ten thousand square foot studio. 
But it's you know it's con it's going to be consumer grade probably most of it. We'll use a TriCaster HD for the switching. But uh, I think what we're going to do is buy twenty consumer or prosumer camcorders because we use fixed. I don't want to use operators; it's too expensive. We use fixed cameras all around. Yeah, yeah. I, I will challenge you, by the way. Go over to. Let's OLED go look at the OLED. Take a look at it and then ask people as they come out, and they'll give you an unbiased. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let's go to OLED land. I'm sorry, or as we call it, the TriMaster EL. Oh, the Tri EL, EL electroluminescence. All right, just Thanks, a couple Bob. Minutes. Let's go. Let's go take a look over there. All right. So these are pro pro uh, OLED monitors. So these are the two new ones. Just just to put this in perspective, twenty six thousand dollars for this monitor, but it is spectacular. Yeah. It is spectacular. Wow, this looks as good as four K when you when you put a good high res signal on a monitor this good. Yeah, I mean this is nineteen twenty by ten eighty. Here we, we see a little waveform monitor yeah. uh, insert, and they're playing a game. Look at that. Look at that black right in there. It's, I mean, oh my god. It's just beautiful. Yeah. And the color just pops. This is this is the real advantage of, of OLED. OLED. EL, we should say. <laughs> um, this says it's a mid-level OLED monitor. That's interesting. As opposed to As opposed to the high level, which I think is over here. I wonder if that is, speaks more to the Brightness of the monitor, uh, at or something like that, as well, opposed one, to the quality. Well, this one's skinny, and these ones are fat. Ah, so maybe it so, is. And I think the fat Boy, ones the quality good actually on that. have a. a How long before part? I get an OLED monitor for my computer? I mean, that is spectacular. They're still expensive, even if even if they've solved the longevity problem, and there has been a longevity problem, despite what Bob said. Right. Um, Look at that blue and that red. Beautiful. Uh, um, red's very difficult for both cameras and monitors to, it really is. to handle. Yeah. Um, but it's still pretty expensive to make an OLED this big. $26,000. Yeah. That's expensive. That's expensive. Well, I, uh, I don't know about you, but I've been really having a great time here at too, yeah. uh, the uh, National Association of Broadcasters show. Thanks for letting me, uh, thank you for letting me tag along. Oh, I'm so happy to have you yeah, with me. Yeah, you've got the Sony bow now. Okay. <laughs> And I'm so glad to know that uh, you know the, all these Japanese companies are actually doing pretty well after the earthquake yeah. and tsunami. Yeah, they seem like they're in good spirits. They're, they're recovering well, yeah. so yeah. I'm really happy about that. And anybody who wants to donate, there are plenty of ways to do that. You can watch this show, of course, every Monday on uh, Twit Live at 1.30 p.m. Pacific, 4.30 Eastern, live.twit.tv. You'll be back in studio next week. Next week, I'll be talking with Rob Sabin, the new editor of Home Theater Magazine. Oh, that'll be fun. So that'll be really fun. We'll get some ideas about what he has in store for the direction of the magazine and take some uh, questions from the chat room as always. Good. And a reminder to uh, check out Netflix. If, you, if you're one of the three people watching who doesn't have a Netflix subscription, try it free for a month. Netflix.com slash Leo. Tell your mom. She'll love it. <laughs> Actually, I did. I, give, I gave my mom a Netflix subscription. I give it to her every year for Excellent. Christmas. Uh, one year, Netflix. Then she does. She absolutely adores it. Great Christmas present. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time on Home Theater Geeks. Bye-bye.